brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Here we go. Here we go again. (laughs) Mamma mia. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Gilmore to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. This thunder. You have a thunderstorm <laughs> going on started. there? Just Oh, yeah. no. Wow. Wow. I sound a lot better than I did when we were recording our Patreon episode a couple of weeks ago because for those of you who are not on our Patreon, I had COVID for the second time. Yeah. We took a little break. But it only took me down for a few days. It just, when we were recording, we were, we must have recorded for like over two, two hours. hours. Yeah, because yeah. I was coughing so much like and we had to pause. 30 minutes of that was cut out from coughing. Yeah. It was insane. But I'm feeling much better now. It only took me down for a few days, which is different than how it did the first time. On my 30th birthday, I got COVID and it took me down for like three weeks because I wasn't boosted. So yeah. get your boosties. It's going to help you. So I'm very happy to be back. <laughs> very happy to not be coughing. And here we are. We're back this week. All's well-ish. Yes. And Moreover, I'm really happy that Brett and I can finally be together again because we have continued our Gilmore Girls watch party together. We are on season two. And I would say that we just finished like act one of season two, which for me is like the first four episodes very short because it's the Max era, you know? Yeah, I'm interested in the, in the act break of that. Of, of you defining that as act, act one. Only because it's so brief and they shift gears, I would say, in Nick and Nora sit and Nancy. And it's so funny because we just finished the road trip to Harvard. We're about to watch Nick and Nora sit and Nancy. And Brett is like baffled by the fact that Max Medina is gone and that's it. Because literally we watched Red Light on the Wedding Night and at the end of it I went, bye Max Medina. And he goes, that's it? And I was like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and he was like, are you are you kidding me? I was like, that's it. He Never goes, we just invested... In this character and in this relationship for for them to literally just end his storyline there with no explanation. We never find out how she broke up with him. I was like, and I do a really, really fine job at trying not to spoil things for him. And I just was like very blunt with him. I was like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this for you. You don't find out what happens. It's not even a spoiler. And that's like a a major theme in this show. There are a lot of plot holes and that's what we're here to talk about today. Yeah. Today's episode's about plot holes and we this this episode could be two and a half hours long because there are And this this is not going to be our only episode about plot holes. (laughs) Trust and believe there are way too many. Now, we open this up on our Instagram stories for yeah, people to submit. so many responses. I know, a lot of responses. And it took me like an hour to move through most yeah. of these. And it was interesting to me because I found a lot that I had already thought of, things that I kind of forgot about. But I also saw a lot that I wouldn't necessarily define as plot yeah. holes. How would you define a plot hole? Truly is just something that there is like a hole in the plot that like <laughs> cannot be explained by well something put. that happened that how this unfolds because I would say there's a lot of things that are inconsistencies that don't necessarily Mm. aren't necessarily holes in the plot Mm. of like we get like Mick to Kirk to like season two Kirk who is like actual Kirk yeah and it's like it stays in the plot but it's inconsistent in the way that unfolds right so it's less so about there being like a hole in the plot like in the Max situation where it's like what 
happened and yeah. we moved on and nothing was ever said again whereas like this is more of like these are two in incon- like these are things that are just like inconsistently staying in the plot yeah but it's not necessarily a plot hole but i think that they like serve the same sort of purpose or like i would the same agree sort of idea yeah something i would say is not a plot hole that a lot of people submitted is when they cast the same actor in two different roles like that to me is not a plot hole that's yeah. just amy being a silly goose right yeah i feel like that's like her theatrical background of like these are ensemble members like they yeah. like play a bunch of different characters Ooh, april i love Nardini. that yeah april anna Nardini's nardini like anna nardini not april nardini <laughs> i always get those girlies confused i mean it's easy to <laughs> hate them either way <laughs> and then we have like random ones that like the girl that, that the debutante ball who like is one of honor's bridesmaids yes actually that's my high school voice teacher's sister really mm-hmm. sam shelton i know so crazy she plays um Libby in the debutante debut and then she also plays Walker, Walker in the bridesmaids honors wedding honors wedding yes because then we have like classic though is like Alex Borstein oh, of course Estrella and Miss Lean. I wouldn't call those inconsistencies or plot holes it's no. just like reusing the same it's just being silly yeah. yeah it's like did you spot this it's like little easter eggs because another one is like I guess like the timeline because someone was like if you go to Friday night dinner and then Rory goes to school the next day it's like yeah but like we as like a smart audience we don't know that that's the next day it could be Monday yeah we know that it's a school day and that like a significant period of insignificant time has passed that yeah. we're not we're not moving day by day like, through this this isn't a Stephen Schwartz musical days of our lives yeah <laughs> days of our lives stars hollow edition but in any case we decided to look at the plot holes and inconsistencies of the series things that we picked out I didn't pick out anything from season seven I referenced season seven in one of mine but I felt like that was like its own episode would be season seven plot holes and inconsistencies (laughs) well yeah and and the way that we could explain that away is that the writers just had little to no knowledge an alternate universe but to be totally (laughs) fair the writers who were on the series from seasons one through six also gave us a lot of inconsistencies so you know we'll give them that we'll give the season seven writers that to throw season seven a very small bone that's the bone i choose to throw that's the milk bone i choose to toss into yeah we don't give them a lot but there's a little treat for you guys Yeah, there's a little (laughs) bit of leeway but in any case we picked a bunch of plot and inconsistencies to talk about. We didn't tell each other which ones they were. I love surprising each other with ours. It always gives me <laughs> a lot of joy. Back to Max Medina. Let's start there. That was w- the first one that I wrote down yeah. because it was fresh on my mind. And of course, Brett is like, what the fuck? So uh, we're all like, what the fuck? I said, you are now an honorary Gilmore girl. Join the club. So let's break this down. So season two, episode three, Red Light on the Wedding Night, Lorelai's reasoning to Rory when she asks why they're not getting married is because she didn't want to try on her wedding dress. And that's really all the information we're given. That's really interesting that the last time we see him is in episode three, because that's like a full season for him. Do you think this man had like an episode contract that was like a full season's worth? And it's like, because he comes in in episode... Oh, yeah. Well, we see him in episode four. That's what I mean. And so like to go to the next episode would be like one episode beyond a season. Interesting. Just a thought. He had a one season (laughs) contract. I don't know. That's very, very interesting. I never thought about that. We got one season of this man and then... Nothing. Nothing. It's just baffling to me because they had so many opportunities in season one to end this relationship and they let it bleed into season two. Why? Why, why did she why just say that? no? Like, why wasn't the cliffhanger just that she said no? I don't get it. So anyway, so moving through this, 
she gives the excuse to Rory that she didn't want to try on her wedding dress. They hit the road. Then in the next episode, Rory just keeps repeatedly begging her mom to tell her why. Why are you not marrying Max? Why did you run away? I think you love him. And she says, I wish I loved him. I want to love him. Which is what she says to Chris. I know. Seven. Oh, she does say that a lot. You're right. And then and then the entire episode, she's calling to make sure people know that they broke up, but she's never telling anybody how it happened. We never find out how this happened. We're just does, meant to assume that everybody no knows. Well, I, I want to believe that maybe they ask off screen because that's Amy's <laughs> MO, right? Yeah. Amy loves to do exposition through dialogue rather than always showing us what happened. But what's hilarious about this and also maddening is that we don't get that exposition through dialogue. They never tell us how she broke up with Max. I don't know. It's just like as a friend, like if you called your Suki and you're like, hi, I was engaged and now I'm not engaged anymore and don't ask any questions. I'm going on a road trip. Bye. They would constantly calling me. I know. Like what happened? What did happened? Tell me mind? all the details. Like, did he hurt you? Like what happened? Yes. And then we kind of get a little bit of him in Nick and Norris and Nancy because Rory has to do that. Yeah. You know, and article that's what about Rory him. says that she wanted him to be her dad. I know. And then that's, <laughs> that's so sad. the last time we see him until season three. And the only real time they make mention of him is in season two episode nine runaway little boy when we are trying to figure out who the heck sent her this ice cream maker yeah and we never find out sent it to her do you think that's a plot hole i think that's just an unanswered question because like i think it could be considered a plot hole because it's like but it's not necessarily part of the plot i mean it is in the sense that like she received it but like it's not in any meaningful way well i think it's a symbol of her not tying up her loose ends Mm. it arrives and she now has to face this ice cream maker because this is a physical tangible thing that was sent to her and she is so desperately trying to figure out who sent it so she can send it back because she doesn't want it that is true a lot of people handled that on her behalf like the canceling of everything like she didn't even have to tell luke suki did that for her so yeah here is the ice cream maker which is like the one thing that she might have to face down on her own i know i mean she still doesn't (laughs) no she doesn't and interestingly a lot of people seem to think that emily and richard might have sent her the ice cream maker have you heard that yeah i i don't think so i don't even i don't think that emily a would send her an ice cream maker or b would like allow a gift to arrive weeks and weeks and weeks after she called off her wedding no that but also i I don't think that she would have let like it would have been a plot point that Emily was like you didn't thank me for the gift I sent you like it would have for been, sure it wouldn't have been just like a thing that they just kind of like threw away because Emily also said that she was gonna like put away Lorelai's wedding gift yeah and so I don't think she would like then a couple episodes put it later. away pull it back out send it over to her and be like hmm, let's see what happens yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't have room for this anymore I gotta send it your way yeah. absolutely not I completely agree with you so anyway back to Max That's really kind of the last we hear of him, except for maybe like passing comments that I may be forgetting about until season three, episode 16, the big one when they run into each other in Hartford at that pharmacy. And what's interesting to me is that there's almost like little to no emotion coming from Max. He's very civil, very nice. Yeah, I would be too. Which I respect a lot because if someone approached me who we are still like as these episodes unfold learning that she just never called 
never, never wrote. Called. Like, I'm so baffled as to how this woman ended her engagement. Could you imagine doing that, though? No. Like, being engaged to someone, like, you're going to spend the rest of your life with them. And then just being like, you know what? I don't really want to get married to them anymore, so I'm never going to talk to them again. Yeah, that's what it seems to be. I would assume they got, like, kidnapped or something. <laughs> exactly. Because the only information that we have to go off of is after they run into each other at the pharmacy. So when right. Rory and Lorelai are debriefing about it at Friday night dinner, Rory openly says to her, yeah, you treated him like crap. And then later when she's talking to Suki about it, she says, you dumped him in the gutter. And Lorelai says, I'll write him a note or something. I owe him that. You owe him a note. That's it. You just owe him a little letter. Maybe a postcard. But that leads me to believe that she did not write him a note. So you think maybe she called because she didn't leave him at the altar because in the road trip to Harvard, we see Suki cutting up the cake that she named Clyde. Yeah, we never get to her wedding. No, the wedding did not happen. He was not left at the altar. She didn't want to try in her dress. Exactly. So then later when she pulls Max inside that classroom at Chilton and said, I always meant to call you, but I'm not good at calling when a call is really necessary. So you didn't even call this man? How did you do this? Did you just telepathically deliver this message to him? This wasn't like I, you know, was walking across Babette's yard and accidentally like kicked up all her flowers and I need to call her and tell her that was me. That's not what happened. You are ending a relationship. You were ending a potential marriage between the two of you where you were joining your lives together. Yeah. And now I should have called. Yeah, you should have called. For all he knows, you're dead. It it just is baffling to me. He's not checking your Instagram story. No. (laughs) It was just such an open-ended story storyline. And again, he has this conversation with Rory and I I respect him so much for not dragging her really into this. Yeah. He allows her to say, I just want you to know I really wanted you to be my stepfather. That's the only verbal exchange between the two of them. And he never asks her like, why? And it seems to me by the time we get to this conversation that he found some semblance of closure on his own because Lorelai says we didn't have any closure. This was their opportunity to tell us how she did it. how she ended it and they still don't tell because us. I don't I don't think she did I don't think she did I, I I don't I think that that's the thing I don't think she I think she just stopped taking his calls and just like and he was just left to assume but if that were me and I was just ghosted by somebody I was engaged to uh, if I ran into them in the pharmacy like they would need to take me out <laughs> Like drag me out of the pharmacy. Like the security (laughs) guard would have needed would have needed to drag me out of the pharmacy. I personally don't think I would have let it get that far. Of like, I would have driven over to her house if I was Max and been like, "What is going on? Are we are we breaking up? Is this what this is?" Like, I would have gone to her place of work. Like, I would have gone to see this person. Like, did you die? Yeah. All of the phones that you ever seen just like combust the moment that you looked at them when you thought to call me. Like, it makes no sense to me like did this man just show up on his wedding day and nobody was there and he was like oh my god (laughs) i guess he was like doing it yeah did i get the time right i didn't think about the fact of rory being there though of like he had to go to school every day and see this woman's daughter and know that she didn't die well then he talks about going to california because when they run into each other in the pharmacy he says i've been in california and he said he had come back just for the chilton bicentennial so he literally left and also told her if we had been getting married I wouldn't have been able to take this opportunity out in California to teach. So clearly he he grabbed
grabbed at any opportunity he could to get the hell out of there. I wouldn't have had this opportunity to run away as fast as possible. When did he do that? We never, ever hear about this again. And this is a common theme with Lorelai's relationships when it comes to the writers ending them. When it comes to Lorelai's relationships coming to a close. Because people <laughs> love to bring up Alex here. Because Alex. like this is also kind of the time. Because Lorelai and Max share a kiss at the end of the big one and this is kind of the time when she's dating Alex so when they get to keg max a couple episodes later when is Lorelai out of water when she's with Alex is that that is that is a few episodes before Lorelai out of water is episode 12 and the big one is episode 16 and then keg max is episode 19 19. so we had a significant amount of time between these and when Lorelai runs into max again in keg max she starts talking about the kiss with suki that they shared in the big one what she says about alex is i mean technically i'm still seeing alex although it's a bit more intermittent than ever so they kind of use that as a means to like i guess explain away that she hasn't really been with alex because we obviously Lorelai out of water is kind of the first time that they have their first date yeah charlie swan we never see him after swan song when they go to new york with suki and jackson she does talk about going on a date with him in face off and then face off is the episode before the big one so it's almost like what happens with Lorelai's relationships is because this also happens with jason we don't really get any closure Once Lorelai ends a relationship with someone, our focus is kind of thrown elsewhere. Like, whether it's with her or someone else. With Max, it was Jess and Rory. It almost feels like Lorelai is always in six relationships. Because with Max, it never ended. And then with Alex, she's like, I'm still kind of with him, but I kissed Max. That never goes away until she's with Jason. Yeah, but with Jason, then our focus is thrown to Luke. We never really get any resolve from Jason. She never breaks up with Jason. Well, she does. She breaks up with him in the coffee shop and then he comes comes. back in raincoats and recipes. And we never hear about this lawsuit with Richard again. We never hear (laughs) about... No, but we never hear about Jason again. He goes to the dragonfly and goes to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, Suki explains a way that, you know, she called and said that his apartment was on fire and then he left, but he never tries again. Like, that felt felt very open-ended. But we see him in the revival. But even with Luke and her ending her relationship with Luke, they throw our focus to her being with Christopher. She sleeps with Christopher. So it's like... I don't subscribe to the seven one. (laughs) Well, of course. But at the same time, like, that's their tactic that's like the thing with rory too is like the one thing we can learn from rory gilmore is that like you always have your next relationship lined up before this one's over yeah and i kind of feel like that's the same with lorelei in some degree of like it's just that the last relationship don't even look at it it's like a sleight of hand we're gonna change it yeah you're not even gonna notice that it went away except that we're gonna notice that it went away yeah because i i feel kind of similarly with dean in season five it's a kind of like the same thing as like the engagement but like not really which is that like Dean shows up to pick Rory up and the party's over and he says I don't belong here do it do I he gets in his car and Rory says Dean and he drives away and that's the end of their relationship and we get like a very brief you know residual frustration from Dean to Luke Luke and to to live in that that diorama diorama. like that's it that's the closure it makes sense why he's mad I I understand why he's mad (laughs) she never called him no it's not that it doesn't make any sense it's just bizarre it's just what it's a bizarre way to end a relationship or to present to an audience the end of a relationship and I guess once it's over it's over do we really need to harp on it no but it's over but like 
in the dialogue. It's not hard for Lorelai to be like, oh, so things are over with Dean. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I guess you don't like technically have to like be that expositional about it. But it's like the only reason that we really know that it's like truly over is because Rory now has a new love interest. Right. That's what I'm saying. The writers love to end relationships by throwing our focus to somebody new. That's that's kind of how it goes. I'd say the only time that they didn't do that was with Jess. It's really not a plot hole. It's more of just like, I think we've talked about this before. I don't know if it was here on Patreon, where it's like, Jess leaves and then Rory has no emotional Mm -hmm. response to it for half a season. Yeah. And even then she barely has an emotional response to it. Yeah. It's not even like a plot hole. It's more of just like an emotional inconsistency that like does not track to real life. Because like having a Jess Mariano in my life would fuck my life up. Uh, I have had a Jess Mariano in my life and it's it has fucked my life up. Yeah. He just leaves. Um, ironically, my next one is about Jess and his departure, but also the Jess dad Which timeline, departure? the Jimmy timeline. <laughs> oh, I know. So many. <laughs> because people love to talk about the fact that there is one story that's being told about Jimmy in season two, and then they completely shift that to cater to yeah. the spinoff series that they were writing for Jess Mariano. It's fascinating to me that a lot of people don't know about the potential spinoff for Jess called yeah. Windward Circle. Um, I know a lot of people in the fandom know, but... Yeah. And we've talked about it. Shockingly, I've talked about this on TikTok, and there are people who don't. And so I think that they changed the structure of Jimmy's departure from season two to cater to the storyline. But to break it down, in season two, episode five, Nick and Norrison and Nancy, when Lorelai and Luke are talking about Jess coming to town, she says, where's his dad? And Luke says, oh, well, the great prize that my sister picked up at a Der Wiener schnitzel left her about two years ago. Whereabouts? <laughs> unknown. And then he later goes on to say, the minute she graduates high school, she is out of here. Didn't matter that my dad was sick. Didn't matter that the store was failing. She just took off, married the hot dog king, had a kid. He left. Now here we are. I didn't realize that Jimmy and Liz were married. Oh, I didn't either. And I will get into that later because Liz's timeline to me is also very inconsistent. But I digress. They kind of frame it as if Jess knows his dad because he left two years ago. But then later in season three, when they introduce Jimmy to the audience... In Say Goodnight, Gracie, Luke goes to the hotel where Jimmy's staying. He's he been gone since since Jess was born. Exactly. And this is just a little aside. I find it really fascinating that they were trying to juxtapose Christopher and Jimmy here. Because Luke says to Jimmy, so what are you doing here, Jimmy? Just passing through. Passing through from where? California. California. Yeah, Why I've been there for a few to years California? now. <laughs> Max was in California. Jimmy's from California. Christopher was from California. Logan was leaving to go to California yes, in season seven. You're right. <laughs> it's like this magical land where your, your ex boyfriends go. Ah, <laughs> uh, California. <laughs> Dave. Dave goes to California. Ah, uh, uh, California. That's the land of ex boyfriends. <laughs> So then Luke says, what are you doing here, Jimmy? He hasn't missed you. And Jimmy says, it's been 17 years, Luke. And then there's like insults and non-niceties being thrown around. And Luke says, you know, the last time I saw you was right after Liz gave birth. You were going to go out and buy some diapers and meet us back at the apartment. Remember that? Yes, you went out, but you never came back. Jimmy, a lot of time has passed and a lot of things have changed. Luke, really? Like what things? You, Jimmy? Yes, maybe me. Why not? And so I find it interesting that A, they changed the storyline, but also that they were really trying to juxtapose Chris. Christopher and Jimmy here because they were trying to build a series about Jess getting to know his dad. And his dad has a lot of similar strokes to Christopher. He's like, I'm coming back at a time when I feel like I'm ready. I'm a responsible man now. Jimmy's not really advertising the responsibility factor, but... 
No, and I feel like with Chris, it's harder because, like, that one just, like, never gets explained. Like, why he never went to college because of Rory. Like, I know. he wasn't really involved. Like, none of that really ever made sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they couldn't have made it make sense from, like, what they originally said. Yeah. You know? I completely agree. Like, there was, there was plenty of room to make that, like, a consistency between, like, what they said there and, like, pull it back. It's like... You can still want to get to know your dad after he, like, straight up leaves and abandons you, even if it's only been a couple years. But I do think that the reason they did that was because they wanted it to kind of be a similar situation to what Rory had gone through. It wasn't the same, but similar. It was similar. The only difference was that I think that they wanted that simply because they wanted him, like they wanted Jess to interact with him and not know who he was. Yeah. That feels like the whole point of that. But it's like, I feel like that could have been done in like a different way. I agree. You know, at the sake of having consistency in your show, did you need to have that plot line? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Because like after all that, they have this episode, Here Comes the Sun, which was intended to be a backdoor pilot for the spinoff series. I hate that episode. (laughs) Me too. I never watch it. And because it doesn't end up being a backdoor pilot for this series because the series never makes it to air. We end up with just all of this story that never goes anywhere. It's sort of explained away in season four because when Liz arrives on the scene for the first time in a family matter, Luke says, what about your son, huh? What about Jess? Do you talk to him lately? You notice he's not even here? Yeah, he sent me a letter. He's with his father. That's the only explanation we get. Imagine Jess writing a letter. Dear mom, with dad, XOXO, Jess. Jess. But then later in the episode, Luke says to Jess when he arrives, so I guess it didn't work out with your dad, huh? Jess, it worked out just fine. Luke, so what are you doing back east, buddy? Still searching? Jess, been traveling. That's the only explanation they offer us. He was with his dad. It worked out, quote unquote, fine. And then he has been traveling. Do you think they just like summarized the plot of Windward Circle? Like, yes. Everything's fine with daddy. <laughs> everything's fine. with papa in California. <laughs> papa Pia. That was the Papa Pia series. <laughs> yeah. Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members earn cash back on everything that they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category, including beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, and more. And as you all know, I love shopping through the Rakuten app. Every time I shop online, I always start there to see what the cashback deals are. It's incredibly user-friendly, membership is free, and it's easy to sign up. The best part is you can maximize your savings by stacking cashback on top of other deals because the app lets you know what the store sales and coupons are at your favorite places to shop. Speaking of favorite places to shop, I love shopping Anthropology's post-holiday sale where they put their clearance on clearance. This year, not only did I get savings on top of savings, but I also got cash back by shopping their sale through Rakuten. Cashback rates are changing daily, so make sure that you check their site or your app to snag the best deals. Start all of your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app like me to start your saving today. Your cashback really adds up. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. It's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% 
15% off the Recess Mood sampler pack at takearecess.com GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tecovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you. But I also know (laughs) you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. So you kind of never really get any answers. And then, you know, in Luke can see your face when he goes to get Jess in New York to bring him back to walk his mom down the aisle. You see that Jess is like living in a rundown apartment in New York. So you're meant to assume that that's where he lives. It just it sucks because I think this was an opportunity for them had they not moved forward with the spinoff series to kind of like circle back to windward circle back and to <laughs> circle back, like really give us answers because they literally lay out this entire episode which was meant to propel an entire series forward they introduce us to characters we never see again and we're meant to just go that's fine we didn't need any of those characters we met (laughs) of course but like it it just feels like they were like we'll just sort of talk about it's kind of like the max medina thing they're like we're just gonna hope they all forgot that we did that and we're just gonna sort of like sprinkle it in It's almost like we're embarrassed. We're not going to mention this. (laughs) Like this didn't get picked up. We're so sorry for even bringing this up. Don't even ever. And look, once you once you've done something, you've done it. It's it's out there. But I think that these writers were smart enough to circle back and and fix it. Where do you think that like in season four, like what would we have taken away? Like, do you think that it would have taken away in season four to have taken the time to have made Jess's, I guess, backstory make sense? given the fact that he's no longer really a series regular anymore, like to take away like, I guess, like minutes from Lorelai or Rory's plot 
to serve because like Luke at this point he has like a bit of a storyline on his own like it's mostly revolving around Lorelai but when it's not it's Jess because I think that's his thing in season seven is like we get a little bit too much of like Luke's life outside of the Gilmore Girls which is one of the things I don't like about it yeah but we get a little bit of Luke do you think that it would have made sense for Luke's storyline to go in that direction because as we talked about before Luke's storyline in season four is to juxtapose Lorelai being in a relationship and like them like building towards each other so getting this relationship that he's in really benefited that do you think that like yeah I would have loved the like for them to like actually have made sense from this plot point that they pulled up but do you think that there's room in season four for them to have like made that unfold in like a meaningful way rather than just like have Jess show up and dip like Jess is want to do I think that the time that they reintroduced Jess in the story makes sense um, because enough time has passed to not only establish that Luke's storyline is heading towards Lorelai, also he's dealing with the aftermath of marrying Nicole. He now has his sister back in the equation. Like I think the way they reintroduce Jess makes sense without disrupting too much of the storyline that they're trying to, you know, offer the audience during season four. But moreover, I think that it gave us time to establish Rory as like a single woman, which we've never seen before since the series has started. And I like that as well but I wonder if we could have taken away from the Dean storyline of it all to bring Jess back in yeah I would have loved to have had more Jess less Dean but as much as I hate it I love where season four ended I mean the yeah the conflict of it all is so spicy so when you frame it like that you're right what could they have taken away from to give us I guess more Jess I mean maybe even taking away a bit of like the Jason Lorelai of it all because I, I do like their relationship, but because of where it ends up going, because once again, it's another loose end that's not tied up. Yeah. What did it offer us except for keeping her away from Luke? I like the Jason Lorelai storyline. I do too. But I think that there's like parts of season four that could have like, you know, like it, it doesn't even feel like it needs to be like a big storyline to have wrapped it up. Well, that's what I mean. I think that they could have brought him back when they did. And he could have been a little bit more consistent than bringing him back in a family matter. A family matter is season four, episode 12. And season four, episode 20 is Luke can see your face. So we went eight episodes without Jess, which again is fine. Yeah. Contractually. Yes. I just wonder if within that time they could have given us a little bit more. But they do give us Liz, which I love that they introduce us to Liz. Liz. And I love her character. I love TJ. And I thought that that was a beautiful way to bring Jess back into the fold. And on the same topic of fathers of like, you know, Rory's side characters is Mr. Kim. Mm. Like, I feel like that is like, I don't even know if it's a plot hole or if it's an inconsistency because it's just like not there. I'd say it's a plot hole. Because Lane references having parents. Like, from the very beginning, she talks about my mom and dad. Like, she talks about parents, plural. There does become, like, a certain... I don't know. Like, we'll have to, like, find this in our Patreon rewatch of, like, when Lane, like, specifically just starts talking about, like, things from her mom. But, like, I think pretty generally for the whole series, she says parents. Like, she talks about her dad being a person. But, like, we never see him. We have no idea what he does. Because I talked about this on TikTok before. Like, oh, Mr. Kim died. I'm like... No, he didn't. Or it's, like, before... The revival came oh, okay. up. They thought that yeah. Mr. Kim had yeah. died. But we're just never going to talk about that? <laughs> That's a completely, like, acceptable answer. Or that he just, like, left or, like... That that wouldn't have like a big impact on Mrs. Kim. That like right. that's just like literally never explained until we get 
a little wave for Mr. Kim in the and revival. And it was clearly a joke because they wanted yeah. to, you know, give a nod to the fact that they talk about him at the beginning of the series and then never make mention of him again. But like where I'm <laughs> just like, where did all of this come from? Like, how did this like never come up in seven seasons that this girl has a father and where is he? Now, do you think that them doing that in the revival made it worse? Yeah. I agree. I mean, I got the joke. I feel like there were better jokes to have made from that. Like, hi, Mr. Kim. And he's just there. Yeah. And no explanation. He wasn't at her wedding. He didn't walk her down the aisle. Like, what? If if there was a moment to bring Mr. Kim back, because one of my favorite ways that people have explained this was on one of my TikToks, was that they said that Mr. Kim buys all of the antiques. Like, he's the curator for the antique shop. And so he is up and down the East Coast, going all across the country, you know, going abroad to buy for the store. And so he's always gone, but it's never mentioned. And that's, like, like how they fix that in their mind. Of yeah. Like, that's where Mr. Kim is, which I love. But, like, I just don't understand. Stand. I guess it just became a joke to them after a while oh, that like sure. where's Lane's dad? Yeah, like I didn't even like how they tried to fix it in the. Revival. I agree. Again, because they made it cheeky, they didn't really try to fix it. They were acknowledging the fact that he was missing, so they're like, let's make a joke out of it. And I do find it funny, but from an from a story perspective, yeah. it is a little bit like, huh? Because it feels kind of similar. Um, to, I think I mentioned before about how like Kirk's mom, we never see her, but she gets talked about mm-hmm. that like when we finally see Mr. Kim, it kind of felt like it needed to be like Mrs. Gleason mm-hmm. because it's like a character reveal versus like a we've had this like running joke for seven seasons that this man exists, but he's not here. Then to show him, I'm like, now I have a million questions. Of course. Where were you at your daughter's wedding? <laughs> Where were you at any of these moments yes. in the past? Yeah. It raised more questions than it solved. Yeah. I've always wanted to know, like, the impact that that had on Mrs. Kim. Yeah, because interestingly, I don't think they ever speak to Mrs. Kim being a single mom. No. I don't think it's something that she and Lorelai necessarily bond over. They bond over being mothers, but they never talk about being single moms. Because I think it's still implied that Mrs. Kim is married to an imaginary man. (laughs) Mrs. Kim. (laughs) Yeah. She's a Mrs. She's a Mrs. Because you recently watched this. When Lane gets her... um... Uh, and she gets her giant bag and is sent to Korea. It's her parents that send her there. Yeah. She's saying, my parents. My parents yeah. are shipping me off to Korea. Still plural. Maybe her dad is flying the plane. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. This is where, like, I want to bring in the Stars Hollow Mafia um, to, like, fix fix Mr. Kim's plot hole here. I know. It's like, he's in the Stars Hollow Mafia. Well, so then how do you think they could have resolve that do you think like when would have been an acceptable time to introduce mr kim the wedding you think that in season six if we just threw mr kim in there people would be like i don't have questions (laughs) like you wouldn't have any questions i would have nothing but questions nothing but concerns (laughs) nothing and no answers i'm sure but i think it's more that like they if they're gonna throw him in they're gonna throw him in at the food festival and the revival yeah i agree i get it but I would say the wedding, I would say maybe maybe when Lane leaves, like plot wise, I feel like when Lane kind of gets thrown out of Mrs. Kim's house, well, I guess not thrown out, asked to leave, asked to not return. Ooh, that actually would have been a great knock at the door for her. She opens the door and she's like, hi, dad. And he's like, so 
what's new? I hear that you've left. We get like a, you know, a little Jimmy Mariano moment where he just kind of like appears and like he doesn't have to like stick stick around. There's ways to explain it, but like, you know, get a little Mr. Kim moment. Mm -hmm. I think part of it is like, this is a show about moms. Like, of course. This is about everyone's relationship with their mom. And I think that that's why I was glad that they introduced Liz to us because then Jess's storyline was kind of resolved by him mending his relationship with his mom which we've spoken to on the pod before and that the relationship that he has with a father figure in his life is really with Luke I just wish they had wrapped up the Jimmy story better yeah if they were going to make an entire series about it wrap it up for us on the original I just feel like they were like well that didn't work we're embarrassed we don't (laughs) want to talk about this ever again but agree yeah I feel like I, I mean, I do. Adding Mr. Kim anywhere other than in the revival as a joke would have just asked so many questions and I'm sure there would have been so many more inconsistencies and plot holes for us mm-hmm. to come from it. But I think that there were places to like either don't do the bit in the revival and make everyone be like, hold up, wait, what? Yeah. Or give it to us earlier. Yeah. There's so many things don't. I could have done. I agree. Yeah. Because we've talked about that Lane's storyline like fell off. I think that was a way to like, you know, give her yeah, spice it up a little season bit. five. Give her a little dynamic storytelling there dynamic dad dynamic dad on the topic of inconsistencies with father figures you brought up april and anna nardini before and people love to bring that up when it comes to inconsistencies in luke's storyline i don't understand it at all like not one bit i did a little bit of math on this because another one that i want to talk about is the math mathing or is the math not mathing (laughs) the math is mathing a little bit so the other one that i want to talk about is people love to raise the question of how long luke and lorelei have known each other and this all sort of so confusing comes (laughs) together so i did a lot of research and i have to preface this by saying I may have missed a bunch of things because this series is long and there are only so many minutes in a day for me to do research. Yeah. So let's start with how long Luke and Lorelai have known each other. So here's what we know about Lorelai leaving the Gilmores. She was living at home for at least a year, if not two, after having Rory. Because in season three, episode 13. Rory's a year old. When? When they leave. Well, here's where I have an argument against that because of the inconsistencies in the dialogue. So in season three, episode 13, in Dear Emily and Richard, Emily says she's finally put Rory's stroller away. It's the first time in a year I haven't tripped over that thing in the flashback, right? Uh But then in season two, episode eight, the ins and outs of ins, when we meet Mia, Mia says to Lorelai when they're sitting in Luke's diner, do you realize that it was 15 years ago, almost to the day when the skinny little teenage girl showed up at the inn, she had this tiny little thing in her arms. And she later describes in the episode to Emily that Lorelai had a tiny baby in her arms when she arrived at the in, which is misleading because if it's 15 years ago, Rory is already 17 years old by the time the ins and outs of ins happens. It's after her 17th birthday because it's mm. deep into season two. So Rory's already 17 at this point, which means that she was two. Does this explain on the Patreon episode why Rory was really late to walk? Why she didn't walk until she was really old? Maybe that's because it because she was still a tiny little baby. She at the was age so tiny. <laughs> that's it. That's we cracked it. So if this is all correct, Lorelai was 18 and Rory was two when they arrived in Stars Hollow in 1986 and they moved into the potting shed. I just like that feels too late. I agree. I don't think that she was at the Gilmore's for two years. Like that just feels like. I mean, she was there for at least a year. Yeah. Because Emily says it's the first time in a year I haven't tripped over that thing. Which could be an exaggeration as well. Sure. But at any case, here's what we know about Luke. 
and his upbringing in Stars Hollow and his whereabouts in general. So much inconsistency in that as well. I know. So in season three, episode four, one's got class and the other one dies. We see a plaque that reads State High Hurdles Champion 1984 Butch Danes. Butch Danes. Um, And that was... 1984 was when Rory was born. And if we assume that Luke is 18 years old when he graduates, and if he's a Scorpio as the horoscope that he has he is kept, a Scorpio. Yeah. that oh, he reveals gosh. in season five. That makes five, so much sense for that man. He would have turned 18 in 1983. Let's say that the oldest he is, he graduates in 1984, right? Which yeah. means he was born in 1965 and is about 35 when the series starts, which I buy. If Lorelai's yeah, 32 sure. and he's 35, we're about to turn 35. But what I find really weird and very inconsistent to bring it back to Liz is that when Liz is introduced to us in season four of Family Matters, she says she is there for her 20th high school reunion, which would have put her graduating in 1984. And she always calls Luke her big brother. Maybe because he's just big. Like, it's like Dean, big small town man. You're right. Could be. I guess she could be older. I also wonder, people in the fandom have written questions on Reddit about whether or not they're twins or maybe Weird, they're no. Irish twins <laughs> because you can be born within less than a year of each other. And I've spoken about this on my TikToks that in the Connecticut school system, they do an age range of January to right. December for schooling, which I don't think they knew because Rory turned 16 at the beginning of her sophomore year. I turned 16 uh, halfway through my junior year of high school because I was born later in the year in December. So like if they were both born within a year of each other, they could have both mm. graduated in 1984 if yeah. he was sort of like at the later end of the year and she was at the later if end. If they were actual twins though, that would have been spoken to. That, I that completely agree. Been, they, they love to bring up a twin. <laughs> because here's the thing. Either way, she would have had to have Jess in 1984 because he and Roy are the same age. Did she graduate from high school? Yes, because in season two, episode five, Luke says to Lorelai, the minute she graduates high school, she's out of here. Didn't matter that my dad was sick. Didn't matter that the store was failing. She took off, married the hot dog king, had a kid and left. Now here we are, which must have meant that she married Jimmy. Wait, we didn't really even touch on that in the Jimmy part. The hot dog king? Yeah. Remember he has a hot dog stand? Oh, yes. Okay. They keep that consistent. At least that's a, that's a consistency. <laughs> you thought it was something dirty. You thought it was a dick joke. <laughs> Haley thought it was a dick joke. I was like, what? Like, I don't know. He like it was like a, a whoring around. <laughs> that's what Luke meant by the hot dogging. Maybe he was called that in high school. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, wait, does that mean that people at school would know Jimmy... Ma- or not school. People in Stars Hollow would know Jimmy Mariano. That also kind of insinuates that Jess was born in Stars Hollow. No. Maybe she was pregnant in Hop Town. Maybe. Maybe. It is possible that she got pregnant after she graduated, left with Jimmy. I, I don't know. But something that she says later kind of debunks that a little bit. So anyway, regardless, it, it seems very fascinating to me that Liz and Lorelai like never connect about being teen moms because they must have been. Like, Given everything that we've been told, she must have been. My favorite thing between them is when they put their rings together to be like sister-in-laws in the beginning of season oh, six. Oh, yes. <laughs> so weird. It's just like the most like Liz thing. But like, I, I honestly don't feel like, no offense to Liz, like, I don't know that Lorelai would be like, oh, single moms, like to like No, Liz not even single moms. I mean like teen moms. That's something Lorelai likes to bring up a lot. 
that she yeah, got pregnant at such a young age. Like, they never really talk about that. I don't know. Maybe because Lorelai handled it a little bit better. Yeah, that's valid. Especially because when Liz is explaining to Lorelai in season four, episode 21, Last Week Fights This Week Tights, about her past relationships, when she asks Lorelai, oh, did Jess break your daughter's heart? Remember that conversation they have? Yeah. Liz says, good, because I don't want him to be like his father breaking hearts. I want him to be like TJ or my second husband or like my boyfriend after my third husband who died. They were good guys. <laughs> Her and Miss Patty need to get a little drink. Oh, for sure. But I'm like, ma'am, how many partners did you have? Like you were so young when you had Jess yeah. and you allegedly married Jimmy and then you married another guy. Yeah. So I guess they keep that it consistent sense. that she married Jimmy because she says my second husband and then my third husband and then the boyfriend. She has a lot of daddy issues. So it makes sense that she needs a lot of male validation. That stays consistent. (laughs) It truly does. So bringing it back to Luke and Lorelai, when Lorelai arrives in Stars Hollow, if we believe that Lorelai arrived in Stars Hollow in 1986, Luke is about 20 years old, 2021, and most likely working for his dad, taking care of his dad, because he talks about his dad being sick when he slash Liz are graduating from high school. And so he's probably running Williams Hardware. And we're meant to assume that Luke's father passed in 1989 because in season five, episode 10, but not as cute as Pushkin, we learn about Luke's dark day and how Luke's dad rented out Mrs. Thompson's garage for his boat. And then Luke took it over after his dad died, which he says was 15 years ago. He says, I've been paying that woman every month for 15 years. Which is in itself also a plot hole because it's like, Lorelai has known him for X amount of years and she's never heard of a of the dark day. day i know never brought up again like it's just he gets that one day she's never questioned why he closes his diner every year on the same day and she's never tried to go there on that day his mm. most loyal customer mm-hmm. like no there's a lot involving luke i feel like when it gets to season five that like there's a lot of yeah so we are led to believe that on november 30th of 1989 luke's dad died so Luke's did not become Luke's until 1990 at the earliest. Oh my gosh, that was almost Taylor Swift's birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> December 13th, 1989. Okay. <laughs> look at that. Look at two stars <laughs> passing. <laughs> so I would say that at the earliest, Luke's became Luke's in 1990 because his dad dies at the end of 1989. He realizes he doesn't want it to be a hardware store because he doesn't have the heart for it. Mm. He decides to change it over. Earliest that it could have become Luke's is 1990. And at this point, Lorelai is living in the potting shed at the Independence Inn with her very young daughter. And people love to be like, well, she never ventured out. She never went, you know, into town. And the reality is, I don't know that she could afford to. She probably had like everything she needed at the Independence Inn. Food. But you don't think she went out and like made friends, you know? Hard to say. I don't know. I don't feel like she would just stay there. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, go go sit at the gazebo, make a pal. Yeah. So that in and of itself is kind of the whole, right? Because when Luke describes in season five and written in the stars, the first time that they met, he says, it was at Luke's, it was lunch, it was a busy day, the place was packed. This person comes staring into the place in a caffeine frenzy, asks me what my birthday was. I wouldn't tell her she wouldn't stop talking. I gave and I told her my birthday. Then she opened up the newspaper to a horoscope page, wrote something down, tore it out and handed it to me. And we learned that he's a Scorpio. We learned what she wrote on the horoscope, that he kept it in his wallet for eight years. Lorelai at this point is 36 when he te- when he tells her this story, meaning that they met when Lorelai was 28, which would make Rory about 11 or 12, depending on when in the year 
they met each other. So it took them 10 years to meet after Lorelai moved to Stars Hollow. That doesn't make any sense. How did she meet Lane and Mrs. Kim and not meet Luke? Like, how did Rory go to school? Yeah. How did all of these things happen and no one was ever like, you've been to the diner, girly? Right. You ever been over there? You want to get a little cup of coffee? Especially for someone with a coffee addiction. Yeah. Unless at this point she's still a maid and she couldn't afford to eat out. But not even a coffee, not even knowing who Luke was. Yeah, you're right. Everyone knows who Luke is. Like, if she's known Miss Patty this long, mm-hmm. like she's known Miss Kim. they've all known like, Rory for this long. Yeah. So in season one, episode 13, Concert Interruptus, when Lorelai asks why she's just, just learning about Rachel for the first time to Miss Patty and Suki in her living room at the town rummage sale. Suki says, well, sweetie, you had an 11-year-old kid and you were just moving into this house, which puts Lorelai moving into her house in like 1995, 1996, because this is the year 2000. And Patty had said that his relationship with Rachel was like five, ended like five or six years ago she doesn't even say ended she says oh this was like five six years ago when Lorelai asks when did Luke have a serious end. girlfriend <laughs> yeah exactly so that would have put her in her house in Stars Hollow when she moved out of the potting shed and into the house in Stars Hollow right around the time that she allegedly meets Luke for the first time. Like, it's not too far off. And I think the thing that gets everybody is that when we meet Luke in season one, he seemingly is not as connected to them as he grows to be. And that is yeah. an inconsistency in the same way that we were talking about Mick and Kirk and, yeah, and we, all of that. we get there because we just kind of like, I guess in the first, we just got to episode eight of on Patreon that I feel like the first six episodes was like, strange Luke. Yeah. But it took about seven episodes and like they, they worked it out but like for sure it's not the relationship that it seems like it's like builds later. Yeah. That, like, that she's known him for years. Right. Because when she writes that character reference for him in season seven to whom it may concern when they read it out loud she does in start it out by universe. saying <laughs> in the nearly 10 years I've known Luke Danes. And this is like Do 2006 2007 <laughs> which Do would make know? sense. Like yeah. it does track. So the, the things that are inconsistent in this is that, like, she says in the letter, through it all, his relationship with my daughter Rory has never changed. And that's not true because we literally see it change because yeah. <laughs> at, at the beginning of season one, it doesn't seem like they're that close. No. And interestingly, to kind of take it back in Wedding Bell Blues, season five, episode 13, when oh, Luke and Christopher yeah. are fucking arguing, he says, where were you when she got the chicken pox that can only eat mashed potatoes for a week? And it's like she got them really late. You know, you could get the chicken pox at any age. But like when you think about a kid getting the chicken pox and not being able to eat anything but mashed potatoes, I was like three. I yeah, I was like three, four, maybe five when I got the chicken pox. It insinuates that he knew her at that very young age. But then in Say Something, the next episode, when Rory and Lorelai are talking as Lorelai's leaving and Rory's like, Luke seemed really mad. Lorelai says to Rory, because to Luke, you're still 10 years old, wearing feathered angel wings, going door to door, inviting people to a caterpillar's funeral. So that's kind of the youngest that I can remember off the top of my head that he says he's known her. Because then they bring up her eighth birthday and he doesn't know about it. Yes, with the clown. Yeah. You know what I just thought of? What do they talk about when Rory and Lorelai run into Luke and April in season... Must have been season seven. Oh, in season seven when they go buy Christmas presents Mm -hmm. and um, Santa secret stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) I don't watch it. If Logan's not in the scene in season seven, I don't watch it. I just have to look at it really quick. 
they're sort of talking about the presents that Luke would get her, Rory, as a kid growing up, but they never name an age. So, like, that's kind of the youngest 10 that they reference Luke knowing her. So they actually do keep it relatively consistent. There are some inconsistencies, but not to the point where he's talking about knowing her when she was, like, a baby. Yeah. I think the inconsistency and the plot hole in that is that Lorelai and Luke did not meet until Rory was 11 or 12, but she's been living yeah. in Stars Hollow since Rory was at least two. Yeah. It's less about the, like, the way that it unfolds and more of, like, the logistics of it. Totally. Of, like, really this woman, this young woman never met the, like, young man in town. Because they were the same age. Yes. Yeah. But to that end, when... To bring it back to the April and Anna Nardini of it all, in season six, episode nine, The Prodigal Daughter Returns, Luke learns April's mother is Anna Nardini, who he hasn't seen in about 12 years. And that's 2005, so we're meant to believe that April was conceived in 1993. And if Rachel left before Lorelai arrived on the scene in like 1995, 1996, this would have made his relationship with Rachel like pretty short-lived. Because Anna says, you know, when... They do eventually talk a couple episodes later. They had already broken up when she found out she was pregnant. And then she marks the time that she would have told him as like 13 years ago. Like 13 years ago, you were that guy who hated kids. So I guess maybe they were still together in like 1992 and then April was born in 1993. But still, you don't have to be together for a significant amount of time to make something a serious relationship. But between 1992, when he breaks up with Anna, and 1995, 1996, he has this relationship with Rachel... I don't know. It like I guess it could make sense. But the piece of it for me bringing it back to Liz is that when he tells Liz that he has a daughter, Liz instantly knows by the amount of time he's given based on her age that it's Anna Nardini. Mm. She says like you're a serial monogamist. Like I really liked her. So Liz was around for the Anna Nardini of it all which would have put her still in mm. Stars Hollow. Do you think that they like went back and like made like a timeline of all of this? No! Of, like, to make it all make I don't sense. think they made a timeline of anything. <laughs> so that doesn't make sense to me. Like was Liz there? She knew about Anna Nardini but also was seemingly very disconnected from Stars Hollow. Took off. Had Jess and if Lorelai was a young mom in town which they put in the newspaper as we see in the revival when Rory's looking through the old newspapers Liz would have been like there's another young mom here fuck yeah let's totally hang I just like none of it makes sense that they never met that's the plot hole of it all yeah it's just the logistics of it if we want to get into the nitty-gritty which I just did um without coming up for air they do actually keep it relatively consistent for like the timelines adding up to a certain extent yeah there are some years here and there that I'm like I don't know if that makes much sense which is fine you could fudge it a little but like it's the fact that they never met to the April and aunt to speaking to the April and Anna Nardini of it all, it would have made much more sense if Rachel came back with a child. That's that's what I... Why did they not have that? Like, because Amy wanted Sherilyn Fenn to play a single mom to a young daughter on that show. You know what I would have accepted is an actor change for Rachel. I totally would have believed it. Like, I know that it's not great. Would have accepted it. I can't get down with actor changes like that. Like, fake Mia, I can never get down. I can get down with an actor change if it fits the plot better than an actor being a new character. Because I feel like there, like, Anna Nardini, I'm like, what was the point? 
like I think most of like the plot inconsistencies for Luke and five and six are actually what make me not like him Mm. because a lot of it feels like it's not building off of things that we spent the past four seasons learning from him. Yeah, it's it's inconsistent with his character. It's out of character for him. But more in the sense that it's like when we get to like that horoscope, it just feels like it has a basis in nothing. Yeah. There's so many things in the past four seasons that have connected Lorelai and Luke, but we're now just going to start making stuff up that like doesn't have any basis in like, so it's like, and then we get to like April and Anna Nardini of like, now we're just really making that stuff up and trying to fit it into the like holes in Luke's story now that it feels like, why not bring back something that we know? I think that if Rachel had come back with a child, even if it was like a little baby that like insinuated that her and Luke were like banging up in like the little apartment above the diner yeah that like it's like a small child from that time in his life yeah that that would have even made more sense to have like made it something to like have a basis in the story that we know and understand rather than being like really expositional and like being like here's all of this plot that you need to know yeah backstory for this thing that we're now going to throw at you out of the blue they could have made it easier on themselves and on the audience to to yeah bring it back to Rachel that would have made more sense because the reason that like them being together somewhere between 1992 and 1995 1996 like like I said you don't need to be together for like years and years and years to have a serious relationship with someone time is not always indicative of the serious nature of a relationship but they made it sound like that was Luke's girlfriend Luke's serious girlfriend so why was there no mention of Anna Nardini before that? Obviously, the writers hadn't come up with this yeah. portion of the storyline. That's why it feels so out of the blue, right. just like throwing in nonsense, because there's no basis in the story that we understand. Yeah. And I think that that's where like inconsistencies and plot holes get me the most is like, I can kind of get on board with the Max one, you know, like for all of the problems that are there, the fading off of it that I'm pretty cool with. It's like when you're suddenly introducing something that literally makes no sense to the story that we've been told because we've been learning about this person for five seasons and now that here are these facts that like we don't know anything about this person. Like this isn't like a detective show. Right. It's not like secrets are revealed. I mean, it's dramatic, but like I think that that's why this is like a plot hole or like an even an inconsistency like feels bigger to me because like the other one that feels like not nearly as big. It's like just like a small detail is what we were talking about was sniffy's tavern because mm-hmm. i feel like like season five is when we start to get all this new stuff from luke like luke's dark day and then season six we get april and anna but then we get sniffy's tavern with buddy and Maisie, who like luke apparently goes here two or three times a week when, when? He, he has a diner to run i know he has his own but like he's never not there yeah like does he like are they open 24 hours and he goes there like for dinner like these are two people that have apparently been in his life for a really long time and like helped him start the diner which i think it's in um the ins and outs of inns and he's like at the table and convincing Mm -hmm. her to you know to just jump is what he says yeah and he's talked about like he kind of did it on his own yeah and now here we are now we have these two people that helped. helped him yeah and they like seem like really big pieces of his life and it seemed like Lorelai and Luke were going to come back here a lot or this was going to be like a new you know like not like new set that we're coming back to consistently in the same way that we would like Yale Rory Storm but like we were going to come back here never heard from these people ever again well here's what I'll say about that I do think that when you start to date someone when you go from friends to lovers you learn a lot of things about them that you never knew or may have never known yeah and so that's why the introduction to Sniffy's Tavern wasn't necessarily 
off-putting to me and even them not going back it's that like like you said they made it seem like it was so heavily integrated into his life that's what I mean like it's just like he was going there so much during the week especially if like they're now together and spending so much time together exactly he would be like went to Sniffy Snavern yeah was talking to Buddy me and Maisie said this yeah and the introduction of it if it was a place that he was like you know what I come here I'm trying to make a point to come here once a month because these people knew my dad and I care about them very much, but multiple times, three a times a week. Yeah. Nah, that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. I feel like that could have been, you know, like they didn't need to include that random bit of backstory that A, doesn't make sense and B, never comes back. That it could have been like, I wanted to bring you here because this is where my dad brought my mom for their first date. Or where my dad used to bring me because he yeah. loves these two people and they were very important to him. I've been here in the longest time. And then when they get there, they're like, Luke, where the hell have you been? Like, we haven't seen you in forever. Yeah. There's so, it was so easy to not make that complicated. I agree. I agree. We've talked about the horoscope before that I'm like, kind of, I don't love it. But I just feel like that, that one in particular always, always bothers me. Just because like, you're introducing things that don't need to be there. Because like, I think I like that. I dislike that one more than I dislike the Max. Yeah, well, with Max, yes, we were invested, but we were only invested in him for like you said, a season. We've been invested in Luke for five. Well, four. This is our fifth. Yeah, I agree. It makes sense that we're learning new things about Luke, but I feel like the things that we're learning about him, she would have known as his friend, like his dark day, totally would have known about it. And I just, Sniffy's Tavern, maybe, but like, I feel like if there's someone that he sees that consistently, like Luke doesn't have other friends. Yeah. That's fair. Lorelai would be like, where are you going all of the time in the middle of the day in your <laughs> diner to like Caesar who also changes? Like, oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It just feels like that just doesn't make any sense. And I mean, all of these that we talked about today don't even really scratch the surface of I know. the ones that remain throughout, the ones that people submitted. Like, there are so many plot holes in this series. Do you think there's a person who, like, their job was to prevent things like this? If there was, then they should you come have forward? been doing it. <laughs> I kind of want to have them on if that was their job. We need to find out. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of questions and a lot of notes. A lot of questions, a lot of notes. And on that note, we have so many more to talk about than the ones we just talked about today. And we'll have more to say on that next episode. Follow us on Instagram at Gilmore to Say Podcast and make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on now as we will have a new episode out every Tuesday because we always have more to say. And if you have more to say, find us on Patreon where you can support the pod, join our Gilmore Obsessed community, and access bonus episodes every month. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do.